Welcome to Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host, Cody Mori, and I wanted to continue our discussion on the French Revolution. I've been studying it, and it's very, very interesting. The more and more you learn, the the more you see a lot of connections with what's going on today. It uh, clearly seems that the Holy Spirit knows what he's talking about when he says that the whole world will be involved in a... Uh, a gruesome bloodshed due to the dissemination of the same ideas that occurred during the French Revolution. And remember, the French Revolution was all about atheism. In the end, it was all about atheism. And so that's where I wanted to pick up today. Actually, one of the things I also noticed as one of the causes was that there was a lot of censorship there in... France when it came to speaking on the aristocracy as you can imagine however what what is also sort of interesting now we're seeing this in a very soft sort of way at least here in the United States uh, but in France they had spies the French people would call them flies because they would be buzzing around basically uh, where they shouldn't be and they were would listen in on people's conversations and if they thought somebody was too enlightenment thinking or not kind of uh, antagonistic to tradition and the aristocracy and the monarchy or the feudal system and taxes and things like that, they would have these people arrested or they would just simply uh, they would simply disappear. One of the places that they would keep them at is the Bastille, which is one of the places that was stormed. It was stormed on July 14th. 1789 which many say basically is the beginning of the revolution there's other people that say the the it, it, it's debated but most people agree that the storming of the bastille is the beginning of the french revolution and that that happened in july of 1789 and there was gruesome bloodshed they killed a bunch of the guards um after they took they took the Bastille. They put their heads on pikes, and uh, it was just, it was just mob mentality, mob rule. And we've seen some of this stuff happen already in the United States. Just in, uh, for instance, in 2020, in the summer of uh, 2020, when all the BLM riots, and that's what they are, and that's what they were, riots, um, took place throughout this country, and we saw small businesses get destroyed. And when the government offered money, who took that money? Churches. Churches, including our own church, the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, other churches, if you're not a Seventh-day Adventist, I guarantee many, many mainstream churches took that money from those small businesses, in my opinion. From those small businesses. And I understand why the small businesses didn't take them if they chose to do so. I wouldn't have. I, I don't make deals with government like that, but, you know, I understand the purpose for the loan, the payment protection plan loan to come out was to protect small businesses. Well, here you have, you know, these Black Lives Matter riots and Antifa riots going on in 2020 being funded by somebody, you know, many believe Soros, many strong have evidence to suggest, and I don't think it's just him. 
Um, but either way, the road will lead you back to Rome eventually. If anybody's willing to do that research or in, interested in doing that research, guarantee it goes back to Rome. Because where else would it go? Where else are we taught in history? Scripture over and over and over and over again tries to highlight to us, whether it's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, whether it's Daniel chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 11, or 12, if it's Revelation chapter 17, Revelation chapter 18, Revelation chapter 13, Revelation chapter 14, and the three angels' messages, especially the third angel's message, we see over and over and over and over again the papacy being highlighted. And that's, again, why I think studying the French Revolution is so uh, so interesting and important is because, well, number one, it's it's in prophecy. It's in Revelation chapter 11. It speaks of the beast that comes out of the bottomless pit that makes war with the two witnesses. And, and we know that, that historically that was atheistic France. That's where the principles of communism were weaponized. They were actually used prior to that uh, by the Jesuit order with the Guarani Indians over in Uruguay and Paraguay. Uh, the reductions, they call the reductions. Avro Manhattan wrote a, uh, a short little book called uh, Latin America and the Vatican where he talks a little bit about this. You can see some more interesting points about this in Footprints of the Jesuits, I believe, by R.W. Thompson, as well as uh, Vatican Assassins. But the principles of communism, John W. Robbins writes, uh, wrote a book called Ecclesiastical Megalomania, where he talks about the connections between communism and Catholicism. And you can actually see that the principles of communism, they come from the Catholic Church. They actually come from St. Thomas Aquinas. They come from his doctrine and his teaching on, on you know, being able to steal, re redistribution of wealth, um, no property, or everybody owns property, whichever, whichever way you want to look at it, because it's the same thing. And what they did was they took the, the fascism of the feudal system, which is where the church and the state are together, and they, and they they pick the winners, and they 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 took the church elements out of it. They shed all of those words, those verbiage, and they just left just the tyranny there, and that's what you see uh, with communism. It's it's tyranny. It's tyranny. It's even tyranny for the Roman Catholic Church, and they're okay with that. They're okay with that because it's serving. A purpose it's serving a purpose to make them look like the light that is needed in the world so a good reason to study the French Revolution is because of prophecy it's in Revelation chapter 11 we see this same struggle going on with the king of the south the king of the south remember represents Egypt and Egypt Egypt's greatest king was Pharaoh and Pharaoh is the king that refused to recognize the existence of God. So he had an atheistic mindset. So you see the, the connections are, are really strong there, but it gets even stronger when you look at Daniel chapter 11, where it says that the king of the south pushes at the king of the north. Well, who actually pushed at the king of the north, which we understand to be the papacy? Well, that was France. That was atheistic France. That was uh, that was France under Napoleon. Actually, they had 
reintroduced uh, religious liberty at that point. But it was that same power. It was that beast from the bottomless pit that Revelation chapter 11 speaks of. And I want to read a little bit of Revelation chapter 11, verses 7 and 8 here. And it says this, And when they shall have finished their testimony, that's the two witnesses, which, um, you know, for the sake of time, we're not going to go into it because we're going to focus more on the French Revolution today, but the two witnesses are the Old and New Testament. Those are the two different witnesses. And you can find that in Zechariah where it talks about the, the olive branches that are the word of God. So it says this, And when they have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. So very interesting there, we, we find out that the beast from the bottomless pit is the one who destroys the Old and New Testament, and that's exactly what we see happen in France. It was voted by legislation to actually outlaw and burn the Bible, the scriptures in the native tongue of the people, in by the National Convention in November 26th, 1793 that's when the decree came and it came from paris remember paris they had the paris commune there that's where the jacobines were um that's where all these uh, that's where the guillotines were first used that's where Lu king louis the 16th died and later marie antoinette so the mob mentality the communistic ideologies that were there, the pure democracy, Not it, they called it a republic, but it was really a pure democracy. It was similar to that which happened under the Athenian Empire that we read that quote uh, that was going on during the Civil War of the Peloponnesian War between Sparta and Athens. The mob mentality just took over that island of uh, Corsera, and they were just slaughtering their enemies. And that's what happens over and over again, because that's carnal nature. And what happens, what many of our founding fathers here in this country understood, is that people, people will go through cycles where the people will, will gain... Let's, let's, just start with, let's just start with democracy. You'll have the people ruling, right, so-called... It's not really the people because it, it, you'll have you'll have people that rise up and become spokesperson for the mob. So it's really like a bunch of like a bunch of little uh, uh, oligarchs and factions that usually are are it's all passion, it's all emotion, and they end up making some very stupid decisions off the cuff. And what you see is you see. You'll see a democracy, a pure democracy, it will eventually implode on itself and commit suicide. It becomes too volatile. It becomes anarchy. It starts to destroy everything around it. So eventually the people, they get sick and tired of the bloodshed and the, the, the civil wars or whatever's going on. The, the, the general unrest and instability of society. And then they call for a king. Or a oligarchy of some kind. They'll they'll call for the rule of the few. Like we we need to invest in just like eight or nine people, 
that will be in charge of us and they'll bring peace and prosperity to the country and that might actually happen for a single generation it's possible but eventually because carnal nature is carnal nature and human beings without god and that's what's so important about this is is the french revolution tried to set up government without god and he's at the very center of it so so they they fell into the same trap and and this cycle that the founding father saw was that the oligarchs would eventually become corrupt as as it, as it always goes and then some tyrant would take would take rule or they would be overthrown and some monarch would take the throne either way you'd have all power in one person and then it would go back again and it would cycle through it would go democracy monarchy oligarchy or democracy oligarchy monarchy it would switch it would switch to the next error of government each time and it would never be what god had intended which is a which is a real and true republic where people are not there's not a mob rule there is a, a council of elders there are individuals who are elected there are individuals who are uh, promoted to be a, a sort of judge a figurehead and that's what you see in the book of judges and the book of uh towards the end really of the book of uh, Joshua and the beginnings of the book of first uh, Samuel you see the the reign of the judges which is what God's intention was but you saw how the in those books you see what the people did the people did what was right in their own eyes so Revelation chapter 11 I want to also read a couple of uh, a couple more verses here and it says this in verse 9 and they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. So the two witnesses, which is the Old and New Testament, it says that their, their dead bodies would lay in the streets for, for three days uh, and a half. So three, three and a half days, do the day year, day year principle, three and a half years. And that's exactly amazingly what we see November 26 1793 the decree is issued in Paris abolishing religion the the Catholic churches that that the nation had already seized control of and confiscated they turned them into as weird as it sounds they turned them into temples of reason and that was their new religion. They had the goddess of reason. And they rejected the idea of God. And they rejected the idea of any kind of religion at all. They kind of threw out the baby with the bathwater. They had lived with, with Rome. They had chosen Romanism so many times over the centuries. That eventually when they were sick of being under the, the harsh rigor of, of Romanism they threw out religion altogether they threw out god they threw out the bible they threw out everything but talking about this prophecy you fast forward on this prophecy exactly three and a half years you get to june 17th 1797 that's when the french government removed the restrictions against the practices of religion again there's a lot of Catholic priests that died in that in that that period. The ones that refused to take the oath to the state and things like that. So you had this new religion, which was atheism. 
This is called the Beast from the Bottomless Pit. But those aren't really the only reasons to study the French Revolution. Remember also, the Spirit of Prophecy says that the French Revolution is going to be repeated in America and throughout the world. So that's another reason to study. We see the same causes. We see the same movements. That's another reason. Again, with the birth and weaponization of communism, and it's the... It, when you compare the French Revolution with the American Revolution, you can really see how God had his hand over this country. And he definitely, he definitely did. He had his hand over this country, and he made sure that, that the principles of this country were laid out, unlike France, who, who also uh, had some, if you could say, some, some good ideas as far as government was concerned. The problem is with the implementation of them and where the authority and power comes from. The United States was based upon principles of inalienable rights that come from God. And that government is just there simply to protect. They're, they're, they have no say uh, whether those rights exist or not. That was not the case with France. And because that was not the case with France, mob rule could sway people into losing those rights, gaining more rights. It all just, pretend, it all just depended on the really the, the spirit of the times. And you had individuals that spearheaded the movement, like Robespierre, who got a lot of individuals killed. He called for the head of the king, which is ironic because he was against the death penalty before he rose really rose to, to prominence. Another individual was Danton. He, uh, he also was uh, very vehement against the aristocracy, and very pro for the people. He was a, a, a great speaker that spoke in thunder tones that they understood. Both of these individuals, they eventually turned on them, and they were they were beheaded, they were killed, just like the king. So, the this this taking of the dog by the ears, so to speak. Eventually, the dog broke free, and attacked them as well. But I have a quote here from. George Storrs from the Midnight Cry. This is back from the Millerite Movement days. May 4th, 1843. Uh, the Midnight Cry is the publication name. It says, This beast or kingdom is out of the bottomless pit. No foundation. An atheistic power. Spiritually Egypt. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Here is atheism. Did any kingdom about 1798 manifest the same spirit? Yes. France. She denied the being of God in her national capacity and made war on the monarchy of heaven. Again, that's George Storr's Midnight Cry, uh, May 4th, 1843. I have another quote here from The Great Controversy page 273 and 274 the atheistical power that ruled in france during the revolution and the reign of terror did wage such war against god and his holy word as the world had never witnessed the worship of the deity was abolished by the national assembly 
Bibles were collected and publicly burned with every possible manifestation of scorn. The law of God was trampled underfoot. The institutions of the Bible were abolished. The worldly day of rest was set aside, and in its stead, every tenth day was devoted to reveling and blasphemy. Baptism and communion were prohibited, and announcements posted conspicuously over the burial places declared death to be an eternal sleep. I could partially agree with that last one. It's a sleep. It's not eternal sleep, though. There is a time uh, when, when judgment will have to take place, for better or worse. And I have an, another quote here from the Midnight Cry as well. George Storrs, May 4th, 1843 as well. In 1793, a decree passed the French Assembly forbidding the Bible, and under the decree of Bibles were gathered and burned, and every possible mark of contempt heaped upon them, and all the institutions of the Bible abolished. The goddess of reason was set up in the person of a vile woman and publicly worshipped. Surely here is a power that exactly answers the prophecy. And why am I reading those in so many different ways, not only from the spirit of prophecy, but also from different... Uh, sources of Millerites and things like that because actually if we go back if we turn the time period back to uh, 2020 even 2021 this was still going on these riots that were going on especially in places like Portland and Chicago they were burning Bibles already in the streets so the scenes of the French Revolution have actually already started um, how far do they go how far will it be until the pendulum swings hard back the other way will it continue to swing this way um we we don't know we don't know how all these things are going to come to pass but we do know that as, as sad as it sounds the lord is allowing this to happen because he, he wants to come he, he wants to come back and the the final movements are to be rapid ones folks so we we're starting to see these things come to pass already before our very eyes. So how much, how far away are we from our reign of terror? I think we're pretty close. I think we're pretty close. I also wanted to read from the Great Controversy just some of the things that happened. I'm going to read the, the sources that Mrs. White uses in this chapter on the French Revolution, they're within there. They're within there. There's like three or four sources here. So I'm going to read those as well, but it's all from the Great Controversy, starting in page 269 to 271. It says this, This prophecy has received a most exact and striking fulfillment in the history of France. During the revolution in 1793, for the, the world for the first time heard an assembly of men born and educated in civilization and assuming the right to govern one of the finest of European nations, uplift their united voice to deny the most solemn truth which man's soul receives, and renounce unanimously the belief and worship of a deity. Sir Walter Scott, Life of Napoleon, Volume 1, Chapter 17. That's where the, that quote comes from, starting in uh, The World for the First Time. And another quote France is the only nation in the world concerning which the authentic record survives that as a nation she lifted up her hand in open rebellion against the author of the universe. 
Plenty of blasphemer, blasphemers, plenty of infidels there have been and still continue to be in England, Germany, Spain, and elsewhere. But France stands apart in the world's history as the single state which, by the decree of her legislative assembly, pronounced that there was no God, and of which the entire population of the capital and a vast majority elsewhere, women as well as men, danced and sang with joy in accepting the announcement. That's from Blackwood's Magazine, November 1870. Actually, there was, there was even priests that actually switched and denied faith in God. And there was one in Paris that was appointed as like a priest for the goddess of reason or something like that by the National Assembly after he had renounced his faith. And he, he said... God, come down and avenge yourself. I defy you. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, that's the type of mindset that was going on there in France. But continuing on, Mrs. White says, France presented also the characteristics which especially distinguished Sodom. During the revolution, there was manifest a state of moral debasement and corruption, similar to that which brought destruction upon the cities of the plain. And the historian presents together the atheism and the licentiousness of France, as given in the, in the prophecy. Intimately connected with these laws affecting religion was that which reduced the union of marriage, the most sacred engagement which hum, human beings can form, and the permanence of which leads most strongly to the cons, consolidation of society to a state of mere civil contract of a transitory character, which any two persons might engage in and cast loose at, at, at pleasure. If fiends had set themselves to work to discover a mode of most effectually destroying whatever is venerable, graceful, or permanent in domestic life, and the obtaining at the same time an assurance that the mischief which it was their object to create should be perpetuated from one generation to another, they could not have invented a more effectual plan than the degradation of marriage. Sophie Arnault, an actress famous for the witty things she said, described the Republican marriage as the sacrament of adultery. And also it says, where also our Lord was crucified. This specification of the prophecy was also fulfilled by France. In no land had the spirit of enmity against Christ been more strikingly displayed, in no country had the truth encountered more bitter and cruel opposition. In the persecution which France had visited upon the confessors of the gospel, she had crucified Christ in the person of his disciples. So France's generational rejection of Protestantism and the bloodbath that followed against groups like the Albigenses and the Waldenses it, it, that same spirit eventually turned on even the Roman Catholic Church itself. And in that internal struggle between, really, the power struggle between the Jesuits and the papacy that was at that time. And what was the eventual outcome of all this? We see that we see the same licentiousness here in America. We see the same degradation of marriage. That, that happened in 2015. And really, it, it was happening before that, too. But I mean... Officially, a nation speaking through its laws, uh, the degradation uh, and, and uplifting of licentiousness 
here in the United States, all this transgender stuff and the homosexual, homosexual marriage, we are following in the same footsteps of Sodom. And I remember hearing one individual say that if, if God doesn't do something soon, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom for destroying them because we are following in the same suit. And we see atheism, with militant atheism, uh, going on in these in Antifa, BLM movements, and all of these alt-left, radical left movements. And I'm not saying that the other side is safe. Anybody who's been listening to this show long enough ought to know where I stand on all these things. We have to keep our eyes on Christ because there's a trap set, folks. There's a trap set by the enemy for those who who are are just ready to jump at anything that looks like it's going to be positive that looks like it's going to to be the the antithesis the 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 healing balm if you will to the just insanity that's going on on the left right now so next time I want to take a look we see what's happened in France now we see what's happened in, in prophecy in regards to the the scriptures being fulfilled to a T that the Old and New Testament, the two witnesses would be destroyed, their bodies would lay in the streets, and also uh, just some of the happenings, the licentiousness and the atheism and the the passion and, and mob mentality and, and gruesomeness of what the French Revolution was. Next time, I want to take a look at some of the outcomes, the outcomes of the French Revolution. What brought it about? Now, obviously, I've already hinted at in the last two ones that it led to the rise in Napoleon, which it was a dictator, a very in a very fast, it was a, a meteoric rise by Napoleon. So if this if this same situation happens throughout the entire world, as we're told in education, page 228, if this happens throughout the entire world, we can rest assured that the answer is going to be another dictator, but this time a world dictator. I'm Cody Mori, and you've been listening to Truth Triumphant Radio. We'll catch you next week. God bless.